Taryn. Andy? Yo, it's yes, Andy. Oh, I didn't know we were doing yeah. it for real. What's the best thing you ever chainsaw? Welcome back to Best Thing I Ever Chainsaw, where we nibble and nosh on a cinematic amuse-bouche from the horror genre. I'm Andy Schmidt. I'm Taryn Peterson. We're back. It's been a minute. Air's getting, well, for us. For, for them, us, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows how long we've been away? Probably not long enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, what is the time and place where you, the listener, are listening to this? Maybe it might be October 1. Could be earlier. Probably no later than October 1. It's practically true Halloween season. I always say, I mean, Halloween is really January 2nd to November 1st-ish, or maybe even like January 2nd to the day before Thanksgiving. Is your everyday life that scary? (laughs) It's that full of thinking about watching and and, and reading about horror movies. That's true. Look, that's the best thing I ever chainsaw, I promise. Have we gone from you having stuff on your phone and me thinking you're always on your phone to you having stuff on your computer and I'm always thinking you're just doing whatever you want on your computer? Yes. Oh. I'm looking at the the show notes. Forgive me. All right. Because I may not forgiven. have looked at them before today. Oh, no. Got a great time warp coming up. Yeah. So yeah, it could be October 1st. Either way, you're going to be steeped in Halloween fever. <laughs> if it doesn't if this doesn't come out October 1st, it'll be I don't know. Uh, later. We're trying to look. I had a I had a goal of releasing having us release episodes weekly. I could reach that at some point, but at this at this point it's maybe more realistic to to have it be every other week. We also went back to work. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Speaking of Halloween, <laughs> scares the hell out of me. Oh, same. No, Candyman fever is sweeping the nation. Although you'll be hearing this much later. this We're recording this uh, two days after the release of Candyman, a movie we haven't seen yet. Nope. On the list, though. But we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust trust us that we will have seen it by the time we talk about it for the horror sequels episode of Best Thing I Ever Saw. Don't yep. get, d- don't, don't let me go down a rabbit hole of uh, meandering around when that would possibly come out, just at some point. Refre- refresh your feeds, Rachel's parents. <laughs> And now my mother. (laughs) (laughs) My mother, the car. What? That's a thing. Is it a TV show? My mother, you've never heard of this? No. My mother, the car. Rachel's parents must think I'm an idiot. (laughs) An American. I doubt they listen to this. (laughs) Why would they listen to me and you talk about horror movies they haven't seen? That's true. (laughs) Jerry Van Dyke 
Yeah, My Mother the Car, an American fantasy sitcom that aired for a single season. Why do you know about this? I don't know. Before your time. Uh, yeah. It was only on for one season. Who knows? Came up in the <coughs> came up in the in the Gilligan's Island Oppo. Oh. Spoiler alert. But we're back yeah, we're back this week with a t- with uh leading off with a veritable Clive Barker buffet. Got Candyman this week. Next week or in two weeks, we've got Hellraiser. But this is sort of, as I learned, <laughs> watching Candyman for the first time, Candyman 1992, that uh, while it's based on the sh- uh, short story by Clive Barker, it's not that much of a Clive Barker project. It has, I think, a lot of a lot of what we know as... Or, uh, as, as a kid is screaming outside, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, I think a, a lot of what we associate with 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 Candyman uh, was uh, is due a lot to the director Bernard Rose. Are you a Bernard person or a Bernard person, Taryn? Bernard. Okay. Bernard sounds like a mistake. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, not that <laughs> the human is a mistake. But the pronunciation. Director is Rose, a abort thyself. <laughs> that did come out pretty harsh, actually. But we're growing up. We're growing up. I think the movies are growing up. This is chronologically the, I guess, the newest movie we've ever done, being 1992. But they're actually they're finally getting uh, a little scary. Gone yeah. from. Critters, Critters 2 to, to Candyman. Or, I mean, especially, I mean, I think you would say at least atmospherically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one. Out of the, what is this, number four? Out of the four we've yeah. gone through so far. Speaking of going through, <coughs> shall we do our genre genres? That is next in the show notes. <laughs> the show notes that... You couldn't have been bothered to open before we did the JGL special and hit record. <laughs> Is it hit record or press record? Uh, to the Google. I don't know. Uh, I look okay, so My Mother the Car is an American fantasy <laughs> sitcom. That <laughs> Is it hit record or press record? Giving you time to think of that genre. It's hit record. <laughs> In all caps. Hi, Tricord. Hi, Tricord. I'm Dad. So my genre, jaunt. <laughs> there really isn't one with this. I I had never seen this either. This is my my first viewing. Um, I I do have some vague memory of like not being allowed to see it as a child. But as is my custom, I talked to my mother ahead <laughs> of time um, about these various movies um, before I even watched them to know if there is any history with it. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I've never seen that. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I wonder if my, because I knew the premise of the movie. So I wonder if my understanding of it was just through, at, I mean, the movie is all about urban legends, right? So maybe through being a child and 
being exposed to such urban legends. Um, but otherwise, I, yeah, I, n- I had never seen this or I don't even think I saw it in our local video rental place, Video Vision. Granted, I would have been like four, so, <laughs> but how about you? My genre, jaunt is just that very short. Putting the putting the jaunt in jaunt. You did there, Taryn. I did. Keeping things brief this time. <laughs> yeah, mine is pretty brief as well. I had never seen it. I've always I can't I can't remember life without it though, Taryn. I feel like as long as I have been conscious of and interested in and watching horror movies, I have always known of Candyman. I can I feel like I can picture like a sideshow Candyman figure for sale on the shelves of Suncoast at the mall. <laughs> you know, he's I you know, he's he's like top tier slasher, you would say, yeah. contemporary slash. He's on the I don't know if he's on the Mount Rushmore, but if they had a Mount Rushmore the size of two Mount Rushmores, <laughs> he would maybe be in the top eight, I guess. Um, but yeah, I can't remember life without Candyman. I think the most, because I knew, I mean, this had to have come from somewhere, right? I know bees were a thing. I knew the hook tanned was a thing thing i think there must be probably right why wouldn't there have been but there is there's a horror there's a 20 20th century american horror movie documentary that was like on very early netflix uh Hmm. like a year or two into streaming netflix it was i mean it wasn't made by netflix but uh it was always uh of like the three things that were worth watching from my perspective within the first year or two of Netflix streaming being around, uh, that was always high at the top of my list to watch. It was called like American Horror Red, White, and Scream or something like that. No, it's a, it's a pretty good docu, docu- chronological documentary about pretty canonical uh, horror movies, and I feel like there must be a Candyman segment because I knew that there was, to some extent, the romance element to it. I've seen the scene of the bees coming out of Tony Todd's mouth. I've seen, um, I guess, enough to uh, to know that his his weapon of choice is his hooked hand. And that's all to say, we haven't talked about the whole... Uh, culture around culture <laughs> or uh, the mythos around saying someone's name in the mirror. Yeah. That as a kid, th- I mean, that was very much in the consciousness on the playground and whatnot as a yeah. kid, but more so in relation to bloody Mary. Yeah. Does that, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. familiar to you. Yeah. It was never, I don't know if ever it was a candy man thing. If we knew that, those were related that or that was sort of playing in the same structure of you say a name x times in the mirror for me i feel like that the name Candyman was synonymous with the boogeyman i hmm. feel like that was a thing 
because the idea of Candyman was not new to me <laughs> before watching the movie. The fact that it's like a man that can kill you if you are a child and out in the world alone or something. Put that on the poster. A man that can kill you if you are a child. Did you ever do it? I I feel like no, I, I this didn't was fuck with that. <laughs> this seemed to for me occupied the same space as calling six six six. Was that everything for you? Yeah, that was no. That we did do because come on, what would actually happen? But yeah, there is that that had less of a footprint. I think that was whereas uh, you know Bloody Mary and saying uh, you know saying Bloody and I remember it three times five times five is just a lot I feel like when we talked about or you know played Bloody Mary it was always three times yeah that sounds right and three is such a classically recurring number in storytelling surprise it's five what were they thinking what are you thinking Clive We'll just sit here and wait for Clive to respond. Is he going to bring us the stats later? Is that why your phone vibrated? No. <laughs> it's just Clive letting me know he's late. <laughs> but yeah, we. I I think that was that was titillating for about a weekend sleepover. Was uh, calling six six six. Wait. So what was supposed to happen? Like the devil shows up? Yeah. Something? Hey, it's the devil. All right. <laughs> it's the devil late to the podcast you know what to do yeah no we didn't i didn't mess with bloody mary i didn't mess with ouija boards i didn't do the like light as a feather stiff as a board bullshit either what is that i've heard of it well it's like when um i feel like this is a camp thing um like one person lays down and everybody else there's like four or five people around you and you like put your put your hands underneath the person or something oh and you slap their hands no oh i thought you were doing i thought you were so for the listener taryn has <laughs> taryn has her like hands out you. like she's one half of the game where you try and turn your hands over to slap the other person's hands which is to me also very much a camp thing anyway camp rock. so you're supposed to the the people that are not laying down are supposed to just repeat light as a feather, stick as a stick as a board, stiff as a board, and like the person is supposed to levitate. Oh. Huh. There's like a whole terrible Hulu series about it. Really? Yeah. All we ever did at camp was stick uh <laughs> gum in kids' gum ears as they slept. <laughs> rude <laughs> um but yeah i never did the bloody mary thing never did which i was my mother terrified me and or made me terrified of doing any of those things so we had a ouija board we had a very hygienic looking you just bought off the shelf at a kmart 
Ouija, because like right, the I mean, Mattel else, one. But yeah, exactly, right. Which takes a lot of the piss out of it, if you ask me. Oh, so yeah. that was pretty scary too, though. I that that's that that that's firmly in between dialing six 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 and just praying the devil's in the shower or something, <laughs> and and uh, and saying Bloody Mary, because I feel like with Bloody Mary too, the, the like the lights. You would never do it with the lights on. And I was a huge afraid of the dark kid. Nearly still am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember we, yeah, we played, played uh, with the Ouija board, nah, like maybe once or twice. And not as scary as it sounds, Taryn. But there's always someone who's faking it. There's always some like oh, of you course. just have to yeah. So Taryn, let's do the time warp. Still not singing. Still not getting my notes to come up. I have them. I, <laughs> I see you've time warped before, Taryn. Alright, Candyman was released Friday, October sixteenth, nineteen ninety two. Headline from the old gray lady that day. That's the New York Times, right? I don't know. Uh, So I sound like an idiot with all of your references. Taryn, I can't do it. I'm reaching my Google quota before the (laughs) 20-minute mark here. I'm the worst. I get it. All right. Old gray lady. American fantasy sitcom that aired for a single season. (laughs) Old gray lady. Yeah. Come for the Why horror the content. <laughs> stay for the Googling. Why is the New York Times called the gray lady? No, the old gray lady. Yeah. I don't know why, but it is. We don't need to know why. No. I just need to know that I was I was onto something. Anyways, according to the New York Times, or not according to, this was just a headline from October 16th, 1992, issues, not attacks, dominate as audience guides second debate. So we were in the throes of Bush, Clinton, and I guess Ross Perot, who was actually oh. there. I think Normally by, they don't have. by today's standards, that is so far away from our imagination right. about debates is the idea that a third party candidate could have actually qualified for a major debate as I mean, Ross Perot did. This entire headline is so far away from our <laughs> current <laughs> conception of um presidential debates. I'm like no attacks? What? What's that like? And this too is the famous and good 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 for the gray lady, as I always say. But Th- this was the George Bush looks at his watch debate. If you're oh. familiar with with that, oh, that moment in the with. popular consciousness, so good on them for not headlining that, but headlining uh, that audience guide second debate. Waiting for the truck to leave. I was like, I don't hear kids screaming right, outside I was anymore. Say the, the truck isn't gonna 
These are real tough mics, Taryn. All right, our history for October 16th, 1992. The pilot of Gilligan's Island, despite Taryn putting a gun to my head and a knife to my throat, before we started recording, did in fact air for the first time. Pilot episode called Marooned. So this, look, Rachel's parents are at home saying, what? (laughs) No, I was confused too. Of course, Gilligan's Island aired... In its run on, uh, seems like it feels like it was a CBS property. Who knows? Uh, several decades earlier, they never actually aired the pilot, which sounded to me like uh, you know a very, very true pilot in the sense that it uh, didn't even have much of the principal cast. About half of the the Gilligans Islanders you know and love hadn't even been cast yet, and thus don't appear in the episode Marooned, and thus was never really shown for several decades until probably just for a little uh, promotional event. They aired it on a Friday night in October of 1992. Which I feel like I kind of remember. Maybe I'm full of shit. No, you're full of shit. I was saying before, probably. I was saying before this... Four-year-old Andy? I could kind of remember... Us having island fever for for a few weeks in the fall of 1992. I may be just remembering generic Nick at Night airings. I think you are. Yeah, but there's plenty I, of Gilligan's Island on in 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 the Schmidt household. Same in the Peterson household. We watched it. Well, we was I. <laughs> um, we weren't allowed to watch MTV at my house. The, like, very few years that we had cable when I was growing up. And, therefore, <laughs> before school every day, uh, we put on whatever channel it was. Maybe, like, TBS, wherever reruns were playing. And I distinctly remember there would always be an episode of Gilligan's Island first. And then an episode of Saved by the Bell. And I was always very upset when we had to leave to bring us to our various schools before the ending of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, you've helped me out here, Taryn. You've helped me out in ways more than you can ever know. Because I think, look, I say Nick at night, like a big hot shot. (laughs) Yeah. But the more I think think about it, I do, I do remember, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty memorably a morning thing. A morning thing in tandem with Saved by the Bell which would also still be airing when I left for school. And now I'm thinking, do I hate Gilligan's Island because it's empirically bad? (laughs) Or do I hate Gilligan's Island because it's associated indelibly with getting ready for school? (laughs) Who knew we had the same getting ready for school routine? And I feel like that too was was a TBS... That was TBS programming, which in TBS is the... I don't know if I put that in the notes, but TBS is the station that aired the the pilot. Oh, okay. All these years later. You may have seen me laughing before, Taryn, because I was... I don't know. There was just a... Your delivery of your... 
guess we're not genre jaunting, but you're, you're, you're we're genre jaunting about Gilligan's Island now. <laughs> your Gilligan's Island story just had this whiff of you giving a very stereotypical one woman show. What? Well, you were you were like, we, huh? Who am I kidding? I <laughs> would watch Gilligan's Island. Can you picture it? <laughs> I did not say that, first of all. Uh, but, I i mean, I was the only one that was watching TV in the morning. I remember, I remember the house that we lived in, because we didn't always live there. And I remember being the youngest. And therefore, it took me the least amount of time to get ready for school. So I would just sit and watch TV. It's like, the longer your legs, <laughs> the more time it takes to pull pants up or something. No. Like, <laughs> we had three older brothers. I mean, I don't know if they all shared the same bottle of Axe body spray, but that, based on the amount that I could smell, they had to take some time spraying it on themselves, so. Little spray delay and walk away. There was no walking away. There was plenty of delaying, but. It's your one-woman show creeping up again. There was no walking away. Huh. I <laughs> call it Terrence Island. The couch in my living room growing up. Taryn, you'll be a big actress shooting a film in Paris by the time this episode is published. So Great. treasure it, folks. You're here in the last. Uh, you're here in the last episode with Taryn. Soon it's just going to be Andy. <laughs> I can handle it. <laughs> I don't think they could. Look, we're halfway through time (laughs) Born on this day, I was shocked to learn I am four years older than this man. Born on this day, Bryce Harper, Philadelphia Phillies right fielder, former Washington National, former holder of the record for biggest contract ever in Major League Baseball since been broken by uh i almost said brooklyn dodger uh a los angeles dodger i feel like you'd recognize him if you know any you know it's bryce harper ring a bell no he's got a beard he's big and strong (laughs) remind you of anybody taryn nobody here (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know who this person is hot 100 number one song On the Billboard charts, End of the Road by Boys to Men. I know them. Also a big part of that childhood moment, too, of living in that house. Yeah, this is a great song. I think... No, I know. I remember my dad having this album. And uh, I, for some reason, it just wasn't clicking with me at first. And I thought, how is there a Boys to Men song I haven't heard of? But then once I, you know, typed it into to Google, not sponsored. I'm pretty expert at by now. <laughs> it all came. It's like, oh yeah, right, right. It's this song. <laughs> it's such a good song. <laughs> good one to belt out in jest, but very lovingly. So it's good. It's a good, good high school slow dance song. Oh man. What was that? This is totally off topic, but if you could do it, I could do it. Um, speaking of high school slow dance songs, uh, do you remember the Casey and JoJo song? 
all my life. Yes, that is like the epitome of high school slow dance songs yeah. for me. So oh, big time, yeah. Speaking of Mount Rushmore's, you've got a Casey, a JoJo. Can the boys share two heads? What? They're the Mount Rushmore of oh people who sang nineties, two thousands slow dance songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, we can do whatever we want with our Mount Rushmores. <laughs> oh, for some reason that sounded too funny to me to not say something, but I couldn't think of anything to say. <laughs> We're almost done with the time warp. <laughs> Box office number one, Under Siege. Another movie I haven't seen before. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen this one. Steven Seagal. Oh, that's why. Basically, did a little, uh, did some micro research on it. Sounds like it's Die Hard on a naval ship. With Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, TLJ. yeah. I see the the thumbnail for the trailer, and uh, that's quite a look. He's got longer hair, bandana wrapped around, aviator glasses, a leather jacket with a bunch of grommets on it. No Yeesh. Wallaces? No Wallaces. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Holy you cow. Yeah. Your I've turn to Google at home, folks. I've known of I've known of this movie forever, but holy cow! <laughs> now I got to watch uh, it. He's dressed like two thirds like uh, classic rock Leonardo, <laughs> or classic rocker Leonardo. See, Tara, now you got to Google classic rocker Leonardo. See, I'm just imagining in my mind that it's a Ninja Turtles reference. I'm not Googling. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm, I'm serious. Wait, he, you're, I'm, he, you're serious? Okay. He looks frighteningly close to Tommy Lee Jones in Under Siege. Oh, I am right. <laughs> saying siege weird. Taryn, how how is my articulation of siege turning up on your end? Does this feel okay? Yeah, why? It doesn't siege. sound wrong. Under siege? Siege. I'm saying it kind of like Serge. Serge. If people haven't stopped listening <laughs> yet. <laughs> whew, troopers. All right, Taryn, that's been time warp. Our apologies. <laughs> we should still do it again sometime, though. We got something new now. Yeah, Taryn, would it thrill you? Would it make you piss your pants to find out that we do have stats? Because the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards existed by the time Candyman 1992 was released. So this is the it was eligible for the second annual Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. They started one year earlier. The film was nominated for several major awards. Best I'm sure they have or 
Maybe. Maybe they haven't. Who knows? They're allowed to do whatever they want, just like we're allowed hmm. to put whoever we want on our Mount Rushmores. Yes. Uh, but they, their best picture is called Best Studio Slash Big Budget Film. <laughs> 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 Oh, it just sounds <laughs> kind of weird to me for some reason. When you say it, yeah. <laughs> so it was nominated for that. Also Best Actor for Tony Todd, Best Actress for Virginia Madsen, Best Supporting Actress. I uh, want to get her, want to shout her out and not be so boorish by shouting out Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen and not sharing the name of uh, whoever plays Bernie. Oh, she's who won? No, she was oh. nominated. She's nominated. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I wasn't paying Cassie attention. Lemons. I believe it was oh, Cassie. Oh, supporting. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was the Anne Marie actress. I think it was the Bernadette actress. I'll fix that if I'm wrong. But yeah, Cassie Lemons nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Also nominations for uh, Screenplay and Soundtrack. One, only one of those. Virginia Madsen. Very uh, justifiably so, in my opinion. One for Best Actress. Every, nearly every other award, or they they lost every, nearly every other award to someone or something from Dracula. So this was also the year of oh. Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula in its entirety. So that one, best studio slash big budget film. <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman also won best actor. Someone from not Dracula won supporting actress, and then uh, Dracula won screenplay and soundtrack. Hmm. Have you seen Dracula? I don't think I've seen the entire movie. I've seen clips because I took a class in college about, I forgot the actual name of it. It was like, monsters cyborgs and robots or something <laughs> and <laughs> you go to college at kb toys <laughs> an aisle of kb toys it like fulfilled something for my english degree it was a summer online class too but uh no we had to read dracula and then they like posted various clips on on our moodle or whatever we were using at that oh, point in man, time that's a make us feel ancient it's a name um, i haven't heard for some time mm-hmm. but yeah so i've only seen clips because of that i watched it once several years ago 1992 no i watched it in high school at some point i feel like i watched it very close to when i watched rosemary's baby for the first time mm. they're also kind of similar they have very again I could be full of shit warning, but I'm, I remember them having similar-ish unsavory, like, women being assaulted by, like, devil slash you know, demonic, beastly figure scenes. You mean the tracks? I don't remember disliking it that much, but it's not. It's 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 not the greatest thing ever. I would... Look, several several years separate my viewing of of Dracula and Candyman, but I would say Candyman it it uh, outperforms Dracula in in pretty much every way, especially with sound. I can't believe that 
uh, Philip Glass didn't didn't win for for best uh, sound. They call it soundtrack. I'm guessing they mean score, perhaps. Although this was very much the age of having uh, <laughs> songs specifically made and released for <laughs> your your movie, but assuming they mean score, the Philip Glass score for this movie is. Third is uh, top-notch and, and fantastic. And I haven't heard the Dracula score in probably 15 years, but I would bet dollars to donuts, dollars to doskits, our pre-show, <laughs> our pre-show nutrition uh, that is causing me to crash hard from <laughs> a very intense sugar high. Uh, I would bet them saying that uh, the, the, the glass score is better than than the Dracula score. But some justice served, Virginia Madsen. I guess there wasn't, there, there, there probably really aren't. I know Winona Ryder's in that Dracula movie. I don't think there's really, that's really not a female character vehicle, the Dracula, the, yeah. the Ford Coppola Dracula movie. Look at that, Taryn. I did stats all by myself. I'm shocked. <laughs> I it was temp you laid that little Clive Barker breadcrumb. I'd have to watch like Hey Video or something. I cause I feel like if I did it, he would just sound like uh He's from Rhode Island. My friend the Invisible Stat Man. I would have left. <laughs> but I no, I well look. Plenty of Clive Barker movies out there. Even next uh next episode so who knows maybe i maybe there's a master class out there in a clive barker impression that <laughs> we can i don't know i honestly i look <laughs> if i could just speak directly to the audience for a second <laughs> it's nice i got to I gotta keep. I gotta keep my my uh, stuff separate. That's the best thing I ever saw. Thing. This one's a little more buttoned up, a little more sophisticated. <laughs> These are not words to describe either of us, especially me. <laughs> but who knows? Anything is possible. We'll say that anything's possible. Here at best thing I ever chainsaw. Should we get into this, baby? Yeah. All right. Once again, I've forgotten that my notes are also on my notes. So all the notes are together. Well, then I'll start. Uh, I really enjoyed the like opening credits scene of this. Um, I mean the the like aerial view makes an appearance multiple times in the movie but i liked the intro music i liked the font i enjoyed the, the very like powerpoint-esque <laughs> ways in which yeah the yeah, font appeared. yeah. <laughs> um and i th correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's the the f the same font is used for the new one right the the sequel, sequel lega maybe? sequel whatever we whatever we, we're calling such things these days yeah it's not it's not a remake or reboot i guess you can call it what i mean 
where does a reboot end and a Lego sequel begin sort mm-hmm. of thing. But, it's, yeah, it's not a remake. It's a, it's a sequel because I believe the the it it follows the grown up baby oh it's cuz it's probably not a coincidence cuz his name is Anthony the main character of oh, the sequel is Anthony sense. and that's the the baby that uh Virginia Madsen saves and as his mother's also in it as well okay. the actress uh, Vanessa Estelle Williams oh. is in the See I'm still like Oh, and so is the... I still don't know what to call it. I guess we'll call it a sequel. It's a sequel. Um, Because, yeah, isn't the main... Tony Tony Todd? Tony Todd is, as far as I know, in the movie. I'm guessing he's not in it. I mean, who knows, right? I haven't seen it. I've been trying to limit my... Um exposure to to reviews and, and, and footage of the movie etc i'm guessing he's probably not that heavily featured in it i did read one i said all that but i did read one review of the movie that led me to think he's he's perhaps really not in it that much but I he think is in it he's in it i think okay i'm not gonna share my hypothesis but yes he's listed very low on the credits okay I the the review I read did reference I believe his appearance as quote a money shot. <laughs> so we shall find out very soon. But yeah, we get sort of the best of both worlds. It was retrofitted. The version that we watched was retrofitted with the I think like late 90s update to the Universal logo. But then we do get a very comforting period specific TriStar. But did it do the I'm trying to remember, did it do the full like uh I guess you call it a, a Pegasus? It's a Pegasus, right? Flying through the triangle. So I watched the one on Peacock. I didn't watch the one that you You wasted your time watching commercials, Taryn. Well, because I can watch it on my TV. As opposed to just watching it on my computer oh. if I'm using yours. Okay. So it was worth it. But so I don't remember seeing that. Not that it didn't happen. When in doubt, try star. That's what I wrote. Shout out to Delta, Delta, Delta. That's what we said in college. That's what they said in college. I didn't come up with it. When in doubt, try to... <laughs> This is like 85% of our friendship. You say something, I don't laugh. <laughs> well, first I see something. <laughs> then you say something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you, I was fawning over those credits. A little bit of West Side Story. A little bit of The Shining. Oh, yeah. But I... We look, we had our we had some great fun. We got a good laugh out of the PowerPoint transitions of the every week, <laughs> but I that maybe like undermined it a little bit cuz I think I've used the word atmosphere here already this morning in in reference to the the movie and certainly my appreciation of it, but that might have undercut and this is just like such a dumb nitpick, but 
maybe a little bit undercut the the atmosphere of it. It's just like the very like clean like now we're going over here and over there. Ah, I'm flying over there. I'm the credit going over here. But anyways, I wrote a very insightful note that just says these are really good credits. <laughs> they are though. They're great. Yeah, I mean, the pinnacle of opening credits for me is 101 Dalmatians. Oh, yeah. And so... Which kind of, to is some kind extent, of, had yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. It's kind of on par for that with me. Oh, and apparently... So, again, I, I started this all by saying, like, I am radio silence on information about the new Candyman, and I just keep referencing... <laughs> A pretty detailed <laughs> review that I read of it, but apparently the credits are similar. Consciously in dialogue with the originals credits. Cool. But like an inverted view or something like it's like ground level versus bird's eye view or something like that. We'll we'll see. We'll see how terribly I misrepresented it in a few days and weeks. Bees, you big bee gal. I mean, they don't scare me, but I'm not a fan. No bee scare me. A one-woman show by Darren Peterson. I've got a lot of one-woman shows, apparently. Well, but that's just the next thing we see. We get the this. This was really cool. I was on the fence between two possible quantities of chainsaws. I was going to give <laughs> this movie, and remembering the the shot of the Chicago skyline with the bees was like, oh yeah, I am very firmly of this amount of chainsaws instead of that amount of chainsaws. Yeah, and I don't really have any con- connection to Chicago. I was there for like two hours at one point in my life. So watching this for for you is probably more f- familiar isn't really the word that I'm going for, but um, I guess there's probably just more of a connection to it than there is for me. Like I couldn't, I'm just like, yeah, skyline, bees, cool, okay. Oh, because that's the... Hancock Center? It's not the Sears Tower in the skyline that we see. Is that called the Hancock Center? Hancock starring Will Smith. Hancock Building. Yeah, it's the John Hancock Center. Which I think I spent most of my childhood thinking that was the sears tower because <laughs> i feel like you hear sears tower most often associated with the chicago skyline but you yeah. see the hancock center mm-hmm. most often in the chicago skyline so i just thought my little kid brain was like oh that's the that's the sears tower it is not don't trust your little kid brain eyes and ears little kids <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Uh, but no, that was really cool. But I, I don't know. I like Chicago fine. My lovely wife is from there, but uh, it was okay. I wasn't. It didn't really uh, 
didn't heighten my appreciation or connected connection to Candyman 1992. And I thought not to make light of it all necessarily, but I I couldn't help but think is this the same year was what are the odds that this was the same year as my girl? Oh, it is not. My girl is 91, but they had the same B wrangler behind the scenes. They had the same B guy. It's <laughs> huh. just very strange that it, within a year, he had a two yeah. two very or two two popular enough films, commercial films that uh, have have bees have a preponderance of bees <laughs> instrumental to their characters have you ever been stung by a bee no me neither and my brother is allergic to them so i've just i've always wondered if i'm allergic or not i suppose i have doesn't freak me out too much but for all i know i could be because i've never been stung a couple years ago i was at a winery with that lovely wife from Chicago. <laughs> and there was a bee on my glass and I flicked it allegedly. In what happened to be her direction. <laughs> and it stung her. And uh, tried to murder your wife, that's what I'm getting out of this. I want to be accurate here cuz I don't because I've had twice in my life in the last 10 years had in literal infections ensuing from bug bites. She, no. I don't know if, if, if the technical term would be that she following <laughs> my flicking of a bee in her general direction was an infection. But suffice it to say, it was uh, quite serious and serious enough that she had to get uh, very... Dedicated and expensive medical attention for the bee I flicked at her. So the story goes. We, you know, Shame on you. Yeah. It's like I feel very bad. But what are the odds? <laughs> Why just sort of absentmindedly flicked a bee off my wine? You, f- you flicked it, made it angry, and it took it out on Rachel. How dare you? And what are the odds that it was Wines Day? You really wish you all could feel my eyes rolling (laughs) every time this happens. So you could understand. And also see you still holding your arms out like you're playing the (laughs) the slap your arms game. I've been doing that for the last (laughs) half an hour. (laughs) I'm waiting for you to try and slap (laughs) Is it Wines Day yet, ladies? A One Woman Show by Taryn Peterson. Should make posters for all of these. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, love this movie. I do have a note. Maybe we, I haven't we're only at the opening <laughs> credits and you have a note. Well, no, so, I'm making the executive decision or by, by implication of, of presenting my note where we're, we're going to the next scene, which is that prologue voiceovery type thing whatever you want it, it 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 it's playing the part of a prologue 
Mm-hmm. Love it for a lot of reasons. I think it would have been perfect as a a cold opening for the movie. If and, and without the voiceover. I mean, nine times out of ten, if not more, voiceover is usually a taking away from yeah the experience. So I think if you uh, if you cut out the voiceover and you just have that as a stark cold opening. I think it cuts a little deeper. I think it packs a little bigger of a punch. I don't know then how you would still get the bees. Look, if I can, if I, if that's going to take away the bees on the skyline, I guess I'm, I'm happy with things the way they are. But uh, I feel, I felt like that was a missed opportunity. I guess it was. Yeah. That would make it a little bit ahead of it. It, fe- it felt a lot like Scream. I think the, uh, the, just how it's. I'm probably lacking the best uh, film criticism vocab- vocabulary for this, but it reminded me a lot of uh, the cold opening of Scream four years later. Still sort of in the same oh yeah aesthetic milieu, if you will. It's just there's something that I can't pr- so perfectly put into words about that prologue, just like the way that it's like lit and colored and what they're wearing and just like how the I mean it, it's just it just looks like a very consummate early 90s uh you know piece of television or film. Yeah. It's the way that it's lit and colored uh which really just got my blood flowing. <laughs> it was just very comforting and great. Uh it's a little stilted in the the reveal of can like you see Candyman for like a second mm-hmm. in the mirror, and then there's like like the blood coming out of the floor. Yeah, I have a note about that. <laughs> I what did I write exactly? Um, because like you know you know that they're both going to get killed and whatever, but um, well I have two questions. <laughs> about this scene (laughs) uh the blood thing we'll just go backwards how (laughs) physics wise how does blood spew (laughs) through (laughs) the the ceiling like that because it wasn't like maybe i missed it but i didn't think he like hooked through the floor i just thought you see the blood like pool and then spew out very enthusiastically (laughs) I was like, nope. Yeah, I can't. I remember in so in the in the heat of the moment, I was pretty. It was pretty jarring, and I meant I made a mental note right away to probably to to try and go back and rewatch it. I just never did. Yeah. Because yeah, there was something just a little clunky about it, and w- w- whether it's the hook or some laws of physics defying thing it's just it's just like looks and feels kind of off like what the what the hell's that what's going on <laughs> yeah well it's it's like blood wouldn't come out of a person that way <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly wouldn't make its way through the floor through the ceiling in that way um let's wait for jason goes to hell to learn all the ways that blood can come out of a person that way my second question which is in reality my first question um so this girl is like (laughs) cheating on her her boyfriend with this you know the bad boy with the creepy earring 
and uh that was another one of my notes and like she takes him up to the bathroom and like starts undressing herself and she's like but wait okay yeah <laughs> have yeah, you yeah. heard about candy man and this guy's like all right this is not what i came here for <laughs> um so i'm like why ma'am why candy ma'am candy ma'am <laughs> um because obviously she was there for the same reason he was. Um, so I'm like, why are we bringing up Candyman right now? <laughs> like, is this what you're thinking about? Like, what? Um, I don't know. It all felt off. And am I making this up too? Didn't they? Is is there a part of the voiceover where they say like he was so bad she could not resist because Billy was such <laughs> oh, a bad yeah. boy? Well, because it's like. She she was in the middle of the, like, high school boyfriend dichotomy of the stereotypical bad boy, and then her actual boyfriend is, you know, the, the preppy all-American boy. And so she's like, he was cool and all, but this guy with the creepy earring and the leather jacket. Yeah, I wrote down, <laughs> so Billy's still dressing like that? <laughs> <laughs> And it goes, uh, another thing I thought about too is it really shows, and not in like necessarily in a good way. I'm I'm going to say it shows how far we've come, but I'm not trying to qualify it in like, uh, oh, things are so much better now. But if this were 2021, Billy wouldn't be (laughs) like a frail, weaselly, thinning haired (laughs) actor and... You know, she would have maybe a bigger chest or something. Like, like it was, it was. It's it's weird to watch a movie in twenty with twenty twenty one eyes, yeah. thinking like these are the two people we're watching take their clothes off. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but it's yeah. it's society, not us. That's why we are now putting anything we want on our Mount Rushmores. Uh, the other thing that I found funny about this scene, I mean, and it, the murdering wouldn't have happened otherwise, but, or at least in the manner that we saw it, but she brings him up there. She does the whole Candyman thing. And she's like, he like starts to try and kiss her or something. And she's like, not here. <laughs> <laughs> and so he runs down, or not run, he goes downstairs and she's I have a she's surprise for you or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I'm like, well, why did you go up to the bathroom in the first place? <laughs> was it strictly for the Candyman situation? Yeah. I mean, she's just going to – was she going to put on incrementally sexier underwear? I, she was already in her underwear. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. <laughs> what if it was? <laughs> I got a surprise for you. They're airing the never-before-seen – Pilot of Gilligan's Island tonight. (laughs) And that must be why he goes back downstairs, because why would, in the geography of this, why would you go from, we're going to have sex, we're in the bathroom as, like, our pre-show, I'm going to slip into something a little more comfortable, go back downstairs, (laughs) then come upstairs. (laughs) 
Anyways. <laughs> Physics and logistics. Mis- yeah. Those are my concerns <laughs> at this moment. Okay, yeah, so... I meant to look this up to, to get all my, my, my ducks in a row. The next thing I have, I think we both talked about how we just have sparser notes than, than previous weeks, but my mm-hmm. next note, new scene. Oh, she's looking. So, yeah, so we have uh, Bernie and Helen mm-hmm. doing some research, and she juxtaposes two newspaper front pages. One has would have Cabrini Green on it and the other oh her was yeah condo was building? where her condo now is which is like a, it's i think the oh i have, I have she was explaining this. how her her condo is is you know is in a gentrified area where formerly there was a, a public housing project like cabrini green but the i couldn't help but think about did you in the aftermath of 9-11, did you ever have someone do that goofy folding? Uh, I can't remember what bill it is. I think it's maybe a $20 bill. Oh, yeah. Where you can fold a, say, for, for explanation's sake, say it's the $20 bill. You can fold a $20 bill to make it look like there are two towers yeah, on fire. Yeah, and that it's all a conspiracy. Yeah, but it looked... Like if you squinted at the shot, it looked like are they folding? Are they doing the nine eleven twenty dollar bill thing? Um, you skipped the the interviews, right? Like yeah, the two. Oh, I probably skipped a lot. Like I said, yeah. I have much uh, sparser notes. Well, so we have like um, Helen and Bernie were interviewing two other or two freshmen explicitly um about urban legends and so um you hear the one first with helen talking about the sewer alligators and the and um everything at caprini green and then she walks into the room and we meet bernie she's talking to the another creepy college boy um and he recites the same story about Candyman. then she gets pissed and goes to her husband he's like you said you wouldn't talk about urban legends until next semester oh yeah Um, i got so much curriculum to get through (laughs) (laughs) um but i just the Again, it's 1992, but I just laughed at the technology a lot. Um, the computers in particular. <laughs> and this is a very push push the glasses up your nose comment, but what college dismisses kids for lunch? Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was weird. Where he's like, oh, that's lunch, folks. Yeah, I It's just a folksy that. way of saying our lecture happens to end around a agreed upon, like at noon yeah. for lunchtime. Or that's like he's going to lunch or something. Who knows? Um, but what is it? What's his name? Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Um. Yeah, was not a fan from the get go. <laughs> uh, the review. Um. <laughs> I really appreciated this. The review I read of Candyman twenty twenty one 
referred to Trevor, tw- 1992 Trevor, as a fuckboy. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I can see it. it. Totally makes sense. But yeah, if I had my druthers about me, I was I was gonna write down a more or a note in to begin with, but maybe it would have been a more detailed note about just the again stupid nitpicky push the glasses back up the up up your nose sort of comment, but just the timing of this lecture where he was like, "I'm gonna introduce." this big thing this big topic we'll talk about with this like sort of manufactured teachable moment in the last three minutes right of my hour and 15 minute lecture see you guys next week (laughs) um what what part of your notes were we talking about before i backtracked Where they got the inspiration to fill their to how to print a twenty dollar bill oh. so <laughs> nine years later you could fold it <laughs> to make it look like the World Trade Center was on fire. Oh goodness. You again might have more notes before so my next thing is about my my next note is post the uh, Helen and Bernie, Helen and Bernie are together, but Helen saying Candyman in the mirror. Oh five yeah, times. I have. That's where my notes take me next. Because I've got Cannonball. <laughs> Wait, that what? That scared me. That that was I kind of. A, there are some weird cuts in this movie where you Cannon. don't think scenes scenes just sort of end, and it feels a yeah. little awkward, anticlimactic. True. Uh, this kind of fits that description, but it's it's the night she's in bed after. Oh, and he jumps on her. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's after the scene where it's been described that I, I think it's been described. Maybe I'm making this up. Where the the woman who died by someone coming through her medicine cabinet had mm-hmm. heard scratching in the wall so you hear what sounds like scratching mm. in the wall and you think oh Candyman's going to appear <laughs> but it's trevor cannonball because it's after she says yeah yeah okay yeah. it's after she does the Candyman thing uh my only <laughs> note was when she was in the bathroom and every time she went into that bathroom this was the only thing i noticed that creepy like 90s mask decor did you have these weird things in your home oh i know exactly what you're yeah yeah no but i know what you're talking about <laughs> i just i've i didn't have one that looked like that but i do remember in my bedroom i don't think this was by my choice but there were three like very pastel colored um masks they're like ceramic masks that were hanged on my wall. And I would never <laughs> choose these as an adult, let alone a child, I feel like, because they're just so weird. But yeah, that was the only thing that I could focus on in those scenes. It sounds like a premise to me in the creative writing class. Like, I'm going to show you four pictures. You have to write a spooky story about them. And one is, look at these three masks on someone's <laughs> bedroom wall. Yeah, fuckboy Trev, yeah. the fuckboy cannonball. 
Next, I've got the car ride to Cabrini Green. Oh, yeah, more of the aerial shots. I'm into that. Yeah, never so many aerial shots since The Little Mermaid. But I'm... <laughs> well, get ready, because I have so <laughs> She says... <laughs> Look, I just watched Airplane 2 <laughs> about a week ago. Not necessarily recommending, but that's the lens through which I've been watching some some movies lately. And I forgot who says it to... I think it's, it, it's Helen saying it to Bernie dress conservatively or bernie said like you should have dressed or like you, you said dress conservatively and i wanted like the op the opposite shot and you would see virginia manson and then it would be bernie like putting on the like richard nixon halloween mask <laughs> that's it that's, that's it all right that's it um as you're watching them drive from above <laughs> I keep thinking, I'm like, okay, is there something that I'm supposed to pay attention to here? And the only thing that I really noticed was the number of red cars, <laughs> like, compared to not red cars, which has no meaning whatsoever. But I'm just like, there has to be some point to this. But maybe there isn't. Maybe just paying homage to the, the that's a very, or at least to me, seems like a very shining yeah. Thing, and I can't remember. It's there. It's famously the color of the VW Bug is changed in the film version. It's supposed to be red in the book, but in the film it's yellow or vice versa. And then you see one totaled later. Oh yeah. Which is like, like you don't need me to 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 provide you with all of the. Right. Kind of harebrained conspiracies about the the Shining, but that's I'm probably getting it from that too. Room two thirty seven is actually a pretty good documentary, but not like I'm uncovering something uh, really re- uh, revelatory. Revelatory. Yeah, that's revelatory. A word. Yeah. About about the Shining saying that, but I th- thinking you know aerial shot. You already got me thinking either The Little Mermaid or <laughs> The Shining. As in when you throw a red car into the mix, maybe just a lot of people want to be more liable to get stopped for speeding. Another urban legend. Another urban legend. <laughs> got back-to-back dog scares. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Critters from Critters 2. <laughs> To Candyman, nineteen ninety-two. But this one, this time it was so it was a Pitbull and Critters too. This it was a Rottweiler, right? Yeah. That's a, it was a Rottweiler. Yeah, Rottweiler. Pretty scary. Don't like a dog scare <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> we see the Candyman layer. Love a good layer. Yeah, the the mouth graffiti yeah. is one of the coolest parts of this movie to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really nice touch. And I've been thinking a, a little bit about this, and I definitely think it's a feature and not a bug of this movie. But there's plenty of, at least for me and my experience, there's like plenty of confusing, ambiguous, just sort of weird thing. I mean, I sprinted towards my computer as soon as the movie ended so I could Google what the hell I was missing with with certain things and getting explanations and reading the Wikipedia page and whatnot. But 
So I wrote down, like, I didn't realize Candy was actually part of it. I thought that was his candy, but I read a, oh, a like description the that said that was, those were offerings. So those were the residents of Cabrini Green oh. presenting an offering to Candyman. But why the razor blades if it's an offering? Well, because that's another urban legend. Right, yeah. So I, it's, I'm assuming that that's the only reason that that was included. Was that a part of your trick-or-treat anxiety? Oh, I mean, Someone yeah, was yeah. put razor blades in your candy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I mean, my parents didn't take it seriously because they... I don't know. Either didn't care about us or didn't give the idea any, any credit, but... Um, yeah, I mean, that was something that you heard growing up. Um, and I think similar to, like, don't buy something from the grocery store that you see is opened. There was a similar thought of, like, if you receive candy that's open, don't eat it, idiot. <laughs> so. Well, I feel like the razor blade was barely bigger than the piece of candy that it was in. Yeah, it almost looked like so the like razor blade wasn't meant to be included <laughs> in there. It was being used to cut the candy in half. Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Generous. They're sharing. Look, Candyman, we had... We all got together and decided that you got to watch what you're eating. We're cutting your candy in half. We want you to have this candy. You just got to be smarter with it. Well, do they? Maybe I missed this, but did they ever explain the the name? I mean, why is he Candyman? The best, my best guess was that, and this is very um, morbid and gruesome, but the way in which he is murdered. It's literally oh, like he had yeah. been candied yeah, by being covered in, in honeycomb. Gotcha. Yeah, I missed that. That makes sense, though. I, just, I had to think about it. I wasn't I, I wasn't in real time watching the movie thinking, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Candyman. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Slow burn. <laughs> but it, it's kind of confusing to, to get a little bit ahead and maybe it was just you know more obvious, but that we soon get to the scene where with the long-haired dude, who's a Candyman expert, I oh, guess. Oh yeah. But he the other like professor guy. Because he he's he's telling the story about uh, the murder of Candyman in the late 1800s, but he keeps referring to Cabrini Green, like he was murdered at Cabrini yeah. Green. But it's like, well, no, it's like he was murdered. On land that eventually was the land on which Cabrini Green. It's not like it existed and he was. So I'm like, why? Like, why yeah. would they word it like that? It's just kind of. I felt like there are easier ways to word it. Yeah. Also in this scene, to 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 rewind, I thought. I get the utility of it, right? It's another one of those unexpected. Um, it's, you know, not, you know, it's, it's a jump scare with something otherwise not scary is her coming back from the lair mm. through the mirror yeah. when she basically screams at Bernadette. He's like, Hey, I'm back now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so how did she not expect to scare the shit out of her? <laughs> Cause yeah, she's, Bernadette is sitting on the, um, 
well, on Helen's jacket on the bathtub. And at one point she, like, looks over and sees the doll. And, like, it's building up to this. Like, obviously oh, yeah, there's yeah. going to be a jump scare. And <laughs> it's just Helen, like, hey, lady! <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you like my Jerry Lewis impression? <laughs> right in my one-woman show. Very Cher outfit, or I guess Cher is wearing a very Helen outfit. Four years later in Clueless, or three years later, 95. Uh, my next note is about the, the little kid. Okay, yeah. I don't know where we're... Oh, you're right, right. Uh, mine is, I think, earlier. Cause, yeah, it, yeah. So it's just one, because my... I demarcate the the scene, so it's just one mm. scene between that. That's smart. <laughs> I don't do that in my notes. But this is yeah. So the next scene, they're at dinner with the long haired dude. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just thought because I I think I mean obviously it's implied, but he does that thing where he says, "I heard you're you know like researching my favorite subject." And I don't think he finishes it. We're just supposed to infer that he's talking about Candyman, but I was waiting for him to say, my favorite subject, candy. (laughs) Well, then, (laughs) Helen at one point, you know, to try and and stick it to the patriarchy, um, says like, yeah, we're going to crush you. Oh, yeah. And then I was just like, that's right. And then, and then he like comes back at her and like just crushes her. And I really wanted there to be like that moment where, you know, the younger grad student just, especially a younger female grad student, just like fucks him over and it didn't happen. And I was underwhelmed. Yeah, so it's just this goofy characterization of that yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a movie where liquids are very wet the blood (laughs) is very wet in this movie and he as a character (laughs) he he appears like one more time in the movie but just uh, there's just something very (laughs) wet and sweaty about his character (laughs) (laughs) all right now we have what you've been waiting for so well i mean not really does this does this kid have a name I I don't think he ever has a name. If he does, yeah. If he does, I'm I'm not I'm not sure. Um. Well, so like Helen leaves the, or she's at the Caprini Green again, and like she meets this kid, and you know he they talk about how she's there, you know, looking for Candyman, and she or he says like something to the effect that he knows where he lives and blah 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 blah. and so obviously she's in her investigative mode and she asks him to take her to wherever he lives and the kid's like no (laughs) that's not happening initially and then this is the moment where I started to dislike Helen (laughs) (laughs) where she just insinuates that he's afraid so that she lures this kid to possible danger without 
any just did not care whatsoever that she could potentially hurt this child <laughs> um but then she got she gets her ass kicked in the end for it so i was okay with that yeah, this was this is where it kind of I mean it really gets gnarly. ratcheted up. Yeah, so he the not even like implication, right? I think it's just what you're seeing objectively on the screen. So he oh, he's telling the story. Yeah, the little boy was castrated, right? Yeah, so there's yeah. there's two little boys here. So there's the one in real time, um, who like brings her to like these outdoor yeah the bathrooms. auxiliary bathroom yeah. yeah. Um, and then he's telling her this the story that he was told about um, another little boy, like at the grocery store with his mom or something, and like he needed to go to the bathroom, so his mom's like, "Okay, go to those over there." And then, um, you just—I don't think the kid ever says it, but you just—it's another voiceover with him, and you in just a see, yeah, yeah. In a fl- yeah, and you see the camera go into the bathroom and you see the the other small child on the floor bloody covering his crotch yeah and then there's just a scene of the bloody toilet and you're like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) we just watched like a seven-year-old get mutilated that way yeesh yeah so i'm like Maybe not necessary for this movie. <laughs> Just maybe not. Like, if it was an adult, okay, whatever. Like, probably deserved it. Because <laughs> yeah, you don't see... They don't show you other... Because you don't get a flashback to the woman that they describe being murdered in her apartment. As someone no. that and that's not... I you, guess get, you, get a f- you get a flashback to the... <laughs> to so you get the newspaper... Image. Yeah, because yeah. that was another thing that I wrote. I I didn't make a note of it, but I was like, they published that image in the newspaper because <laughs> it's just like her bloody on the floor. Um, but yeah, so I kind of appreciated at the the end of that scene that a the kid in real time wasn't afraid, and she got knocked out and like a major black eye in the process. All after a second dog scare. Really? Yeah, because she goes. So this, so this is. Oh, the, it's the same dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's sort of lurking around. And this one was far more telegraphed, but oh my goodness, did it scare me so much more than the first one? <laughs> and like it. I don't know. This doesn't really freak. I don't even remember it. So. <laughs> it was very because she's sort of. You know, she's looking into Anne Marie's, or maybe he's trying to see if Anne Marie is home, and that's where she finds the little boy. Cause the little boy says Anne Marie's not home. Mm. Oh and she yeah, she sort yeah. of peers up at the higher window, and that's where the dog appears and and starts barking. Little kid really channeling the old woman from Poltergeist, <laughs> very hard in his delivery. I mean, I liked it. It was funny. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's not what he's deliberately did, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not separate the two. I felt all I could think about was, uh, is it Zelda Rubenstein, I want to say, from, from Poltergeist? Yeah, Zelda Rubenstein. 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I'm just trying to connect it with a little kid. Just sort of. Just kind of like whispery and methodical. Because I, he's my favorite character in this movie. And I just, the thing that I remember from him is a lot of side eye, (laughs) which I appreciated. (laughs) So I'm like. I pegged you as a Trevor. Rude. (laughs) Last thing I have for this scene is I I appreciate how little that I mean we we just see in the same bathroom a young boy who's been mutilated and not to say that this scandalized me more it's not really a scandalizing thing but I can't think of too many other movies if any where there has been human poop on screen oh yeah when she goes into this was really cool too kind of similar to the uh the skyline at the beginning where it's just one of those sort of defamiliarized uh images where she's she's in the bathroom there's i forget what it says but there's Sweets the writing for the sweet yeah which makes sense about the candy offering writing now. on the wall and then she opens up the toilet lid and there's all the bees in there but off to the side there's a big <laughs> pile of shit (laughs) well and i i was trying to figure out if sweets for the sweet was written in shit or not right yeah yeah it's like part blood part feces part like i thought maybe it was like bee matter or something because it kind of like honeycomb (laughs) or like no but but i guess just like bee carcasses i would say right not yeah yeah i don't know i couldn't figure it out I have a police station note. Okay. Do you? <laughs> Am I skipping too uh, far ahead? No, I don't. All right, is, yeah, is your next stuff in the parking garage? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes, it is, it is. I mean, I have a note here where it's... Oh, I guess this is technically about... Um, or I wrote this in that scene at the police station um so i can't stand trevor we know this gave him the benefit of the doubt (laughs) first time around when he said no about uh when he was in the lecture hall and helen asked about the the girl and he's like are you insinuating that i'm cheating on you no but this is the moment where i'm like yep he's cheating okay that was the only note that i had i had a feeling I'm not trying to say, Darren, I'm actually so smart, so I knew all along. But I think only because in the documentary I watched, oh. the focus of the the Candyman part is on the sort of Bride of Frankenstein of it all. So I was on I was on the look I was primed for thinking, okay, how is she, she's married, so how is how are they gonna justify that she mm. would want to be romantically involved with somebody else gotcha. so i figured oh it's it's gonna be because she married a fuck boy <laughs> so i have <clears throat> i have after the scene where trevor says hey would it be cool with you if i cut my hair like adam levine 
that's just a really dumb joke. <laughs> so like ten years later, when Adam Levine is relevant. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's this ten year old kid on my block named Adam <laughs> Levine. <laughs> He's got a really cool haircut. <laughs> But no, low-hanging fruit, but I can't help myself. So you get your bearings fast or quickly enough, but they go – so she's been – that was another weird thing. That was a lot like the prologue when you're getting your bearings with how is – what's coming through the floor? How is it coming mm. through the floor when the fake Candyman and the – I guess it's a real hook, but like yeah. the not actual hook for a hand assaults her – it was just confusing for me, like how, like what, w- like what happened? Did he obviously he's, you know, you learned soon enough that she was struck in the face, but just what you oh, actually yeah. see and how it's cut is just kind of clunky, and it's like, well, what did you know? Yeah, because it looks he, he hits her in the face with the the hook. Yeah, and like, given how a hook operates, right. <laughs> you assume that she gets like just stabbed in the face. But no, it's almost like getting hit with the the butt end of a gun. There's a word for it that I don't know off the top of my head right now. But oh sure, I, pistol, pistol whipped. whipped. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> She's like hook whipped. Because <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you don't see her again until you see her face, and she just has this like hugely inflamed eye. And they're well, they're yeah, they're going through the lineup. Yeah, and it's sort of in media res of all of the men in the lineup doing the line yeah and in the again if this were airplane two <laughs> they would pan far enough along and they'd get to freddy krueger saying the line because that's what freddy likes saying the b word a lot he's rachel the lovely wife i was talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> don't mention chicago <laughs> It's triggering. <laughs> oh, the opposite. Is she afraid of bees? <laughs> <laughs> Taryn, before we get to the parking garage, I'm going to park myself in the bathroom. Gross. All right, we are back to talk all things parking garages. You ever been in a parking garage, Taryn? I have. <laughs> Many a time. <laughs> no, my my prevailing thought was how cool would it be to see this in a movie theater? Not that you can't get surround sound in, I guess, your home theater, but with the, with the way that they have Tony Todd's entrance, ambient surround sound voiceover, I guess. I slighted voiceover so much earlier. Now I'm you're all about it gushing over voiceover but no that would just be it'd be such a uh cool theater experience in my opinion and he looks i love his costume too so we yeah so we see i guess Candyman from head to toe for the first time right mm-hmm. in this yeah. scene your thoughts <laughs> um yeah i mean he becomes kind of this like deity as the movie progresses so his formal entrance <laughs> for the o- for the audience kind of makes sense given that um with him being like backlit and the the booming voice in the empty parking garage 
Um, I don't really have any specific notes about him. Mine was more about uh, Helen's reaction to him. Well, I think this would be one of the first times in the film, if not the first time, where she's at least allegedly under hypnosis. Yeah, that was my that was my note. I was like, why is she so entranced and seemingly hypnotized at this point? Did you read it all about this? No. Well, apparently, well, they allege she really would. was hypnotized. Oh. So, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> mistake (laughs) wanted there to be as much authenticity as there could have been in how hypnotizing Candyman's presence was over Helen so they they claim that they went to a hypnotist and worked with a hypnotist and he and he alone learned the words or phrases that would bring her in and out of hypnosis. And in the scenes, notably this scene, where she would be entranced by Candyman, they would do about 10 minutes of prep, and he would trigger her into hypnosis, again, as they say. And then eventually, there, there's a little... You can see uh, inter- interviews, sort of mini docs about this on YouTube. And I, I guess I don't need to tell Virginia Madsen how to feel about the whole situation. To her credit, she at least felt eventually empowered enough to say, yeah, we, you, can't, you can't do this anymore. You need to stop, uh, you know, I, I guess, hypnotized. I don't know. Have you ever been hypnotized? No. Have you ever been at like a? Ha, have you ever? <laughs> had, I feel like it's like the one class speaker type thing, like like whole school presentation. They got a hypnotist, and that's part of. Probably not anymore. I feel like you couldn't get away with that in a in like a high school in 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 twenty twenty one. But I feel like late nineties, early oddies. If you were having like a you rah rah assembly. I feel like they had one very at a that like overnight senior party. Yeah, like in one of our early years of teaching. Um, oh, I thought you meant for you yourself when you were no. a senior, and I was going to ask: Is was this the site of the famous uh, picture that comes up when you're googled? <laughs> no, it's prom night. Oh, I guess yeah. The very yeah, very they have a similar ethos, right? A post prom party and a senior party yeah. really have the same mission. I look hypnotized and, in that picture. And same <laughs> <laughs> when you forget how to stand. That's just a picture, Taryn. Oh, I I figured you had been hypnotized, and the hypnotist got you to take a selfie with that red solo cup. <laughs> I was like seventeen. Look, I haven't been hypnotized either. Do you believe in it? No. I don't know. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Who knows? I guess I don't. Bernard and Virginia Madsen seem to have believed in it. And we salute them. Here at Best Thing I Ever Chainsaw. <laughs> well, then it's... Also, the scenes in which that happens... 
are so bizarre because they just like zoom into her face and her eyes. And I'm just like, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd love to watch it again with that knowledge. I wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that much on my radar as I was watching it for the first time, but I'd be curious to sort of look out for very, I guess, genuine moments in which they believe they're hypnotizing her. She believes she's hypnotized. She is hypnotized. Yeah. Shouldn't be such a skeptic. we got next um oh right 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 oh this is another kind of weird jump yeah yeah it really throws you for a loop as i i mean obviously that's the intention but um i don't know if it's to make you also feel similarly to helen's character in that moment but this is the point in time where i got really pissed off (laughs) Yeah, Critters 2 again. Got another dead dog. A b- gruesomely dead dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. And I know you graciously warned me about that. <laughs> um, not s- specifics, of course, as to not spoil anything. But, um, yeah, I was pissed off at that. I know it's not a real dog. But... It's like the two things that I genuinely get upset about being injured are animals and babies. <laughs> and like the scene has both. Well, I was wise to include in my text. Just it's OK. They didn't actually murder a dog. Calmed me down. <laughs> but as you had already mentioned, and I again, I think it's not to the to the detriment of the movie. It does make for a shaky first viewing. Mm but I, I wish I knew, I wish it were clearer <laughs> what the rules governing everything are. Yeah. Because she's hypnotized, maybe for real. And But to the point of you know getting you to feel that she is very much entranced by Candyman and he wants her to, I don't even know if I, I would like do her bidding at this point it's all sort of confusing yeah so my understanding is that he hypnotizes her to so she can kill these people and animals um and then so she's in a sense even though she probably does do the murdering, but she's in a sense like framed for this. Um, and his end goal is to m- make her believe he exists, right? Because he. Or to make the residents. It's very Freddy Krueger esque. A lot of yeah. the Freddy Krueger mythos over the arc of the franchise is he will go in and out of levels of power related to how fearful the the kids in Springwood still are of him so I think he was he's, he says in the parking garage that the the residents of Cabrini Green are forgetting about him so he needs to sort of make a statement by yeah killing some people so but he also like he says explicitly like I need you to believe it like do you believe in me now yeah. um 
And so it's kind of him, for, like, forcing her hand almost of, like, if you don't say aloud that you believe in me, I'm just going to make you keep killing people. But he's killing them. That's where it's just kind of well, so murky. And like, well, I think that she's the one that's doing the killing under his, like, hypnosis. But doesn't he? But he kills in that one anyway. But Maybe he, I'm wrong. he later he's the one who actually kills um, Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Who is he killing? Does he? I guess and only maybe, one thing. I guess it's just the dog that's killed. He the the, the dog. Yeah, and the, the baby dog is, is killed. Uh, Anne Marie isn't killed, but she she like slices her. Arm. Yeah, it was very uh, like Evil Dead esque with yeah. the <laughs> degree of sort of splatter. Well, the other weird thing with that particular scene is that she's she like awakens in the bathroom, right? right. And she uh, she must be apartment. covered in the dog's blood. So I guess she would have, yeah, right? Because how else? So he would have entranced her to have killed the dog. Um, right? And Anne-Marie is like, I mean, granted, she probably thinks this because she sees her with the butcher knife. but right. um, So I don't know if, like, Anne-Marie, right? That's the neighbor's name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the way you were looking at me. No, I'm <laughs> laughing about something else. <laughs> um, like, I don't know if she gets her in the bathroom or what. It's, it's There's, and I think that we're supposed to be kind of confused about it as the viewer just to yeah. be in Helen's shoes slightly, but yeah. Yeah, fuck that scene though with the dead dog. And things get a little clearer. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I've got. I went too far. Oh, yeah. I went very far. Sorry. I'm like all over the place. I went. I skipped like three rungs ahead on my list of notes here. Um. Oh, because then we're back in her. Uh, we're back in her apartment. This is, but this is before the. The Bernies. I keep forgetting Bernie's name for some reason, but I just have how much I know. It's it's like, uh, I guess pretty like slimy since we they've already established that it's in like it's a it's a bougie condo in a gentrified neighborhood. But I did mm. write down how much you love her apartment. <laughs> I just like the the sort of like Pinterest board, uh, lifestyle porn of her apartment mm. for me was it was very, it's very warm and fuzzy, especially those bookshelves. Oh, yeah, the bookshelves were nice. Yeah. I just keep thinking of that weird mask thing in the bathroom. It's the only thing I can recall explicitly about her. I mean, other than the end when it's being painted. Oh, yeah. Ugly color. Yeah. Oh. Don't remind me. Um, so nice. <laughs> my, my next note is uh, when she's in the hospital. So I don't know if you got more. Oh, you didn't write anything down about the what I think would have otherwise been the biggest scare of the movie, but 
<laughs> it was one of those situations where I was think I was formulating a note in my head, and I had glanced down to write it exactly when his arm comes through the medicine cabinet part. Yeah, no, it didn't freak me. I just, I don't know. Every time there's a medicine cabinet, it's like, all right, he's probably going to show up in some way, shape, or form. So, like, my body is prepared <laughs> for a possible jump scare. And it just didn't freak me out. I thought it was particularly smart, though, because the funny thing is, is I was, I missed it and thus wasn't as scared as I could have been by it because I was formulating a note in my head about the endurance of cabinet mirrors or <laughs> um just the structural integrity of cabinet mirrors no, you're, uh, uh yeah no yeah no yeah <laughs> so i'm imagining you writing a note about no, the, like, who's the, constructing these the the enduring trope of i guess doors right doors refrigerator doors uh cabinet mirror doors in horror movies of the rhythm of step one you establish that nothing is there hmm. then so you, you open then it. you open it then, then you close, close it, it and now there's something there so i was i was thinking okay there's he's not there she's gonna open it yeah close it he's gonna be behind her and as i was thinking and, and glancing down to write a note on it they break with convention very smartly and just his his hand and hook just come right through the the, the cabinet. I'd like to note that we wall. both punched <laughs> the air in front of yeah. us. <laughs> we're wearing we're both wearing hall cans. <laughs> are those what are those inflatable like bopum Soppers, sockers, rock'em sock'em robots. No, I feel. I think I've had this conversation with Rachel, who I love, but tried to murder with a beak. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I usually say it's just because I'm saying whatever. I can picture myself saying to her, "Whatever you're saying only sounds to me like rock'em sock'em robots." Because I must have missed the sweet spot when this would have been intriguing to me as a kid but they're called like sockem boppers sockem bopper they're basically weird inflatable non-fist shape fist that you it's like putting an inner tube it's like a glove in the shape of an inner tube that you can use to like in a friendly way punch your friend (laughs) And that was never a big like I I definitely had my contingent of friends as like five, six, seven year olds who only wanted to like fight and wrestle and, yeah, and shit. I could not have cared less and been more put off by it. <laughs> Ooh, one of the one of the tags for Sockenboppers is Mandela effect. What did people Mandela affect them into thinking. <laughs> For some reason, I know every single word to this commercial, and I never forget. What does that do with the Mandela effect? I don't know. I'm lost. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, there must be there must be something in like the Reddit verse about a critical mass of people who misremembered something about. 
Sockum boppers. Mm. Oh, I think it's maybe that they were called soccer boppers. Many people are posting they remember soccer boppers, but they're Sockum boppers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I feel that's like if I feel that that's a, that's a pretty tenuous Mandela effect. Because that's an honest mistake there, right? Like, they're usually a little more serious than that. Yeah. Like, it's just soccer, sock em. Mm. What gives, Internet? You've been 100% on point until now. And now this. It's given up on you. Enter Delta Burke. Do you have any other notes prior to uh, the hospital? Did you not hear me say enter Delta Burke? I chose to ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I literally wrote it down. It made me laugh at the time. (laughs) Dr. Burke sounds close enough to Delta Burke. Oh, I didn't I didn't get the joke, so as a shock to no one. Sockum shocker. Okay, I guess we're water breaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me ignoring your your statement again. Um wait, doctor, that's the psychiatrist. No, I'm thinking before then when she's like strapped in the right. Yeah, but that's okay. just my next. That's like the greater hospital universe. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, because like when she's strapped on the the table, um, it's like an inverse of light as a feather, stiff as a board. Because he like oh. shows up and he's hovering <laughs> over her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that was a cool. That was a cool thing. A little Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible with Candyman. <laughs> Uh yeah, and then we we meet Doctor Burke for a minute. Who? Um, and he okay. So explain this to me. He kind of tells her fairly nonchalantly, like, "Yeah, you've been like in and out of consciousness for, oh, for a, a month." month? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> and the fact that she didn't like rage in that moment. Yeah. Yeesh. Um. Yeah, and then she she does the like. Well, I can prove he's real. I can prove it. I can prove it. And she says his name again because there's a mirror, just by chance to the left of her. Um, she says it, and then nothing happens. And then something does happen. <laughs> um, where like Candyman pops out of the floor or something. Well, it's not because yeah, I so two. I have two things. One, I just found his death hilarious. <laughs> just all like the, the squishing and the cracking yeah. and the guttural noises. There was a lot of <laughs> a lot of sound effects there. Just unintentional, but really damn funny to be honest. Well, and then it gets even more ridiculous, where I mean, Candyman just. This isn't ridiculous, but he, like, sets her loose from her restraints, um, and she (laughs) escapes out of the window that he broke 
by like swooshing backwards. Yeah, because I wrote, why does if he can just appear as he does to kill Delta Burke, <laughs> why does he need to leave through the window, literally smashing it apart? I but I you know it enables her to yeah, yeah. to escape through the window. And then just sort of awkwardly like, mount that orderly. Yeah, so that she was like so she, you know, scurries along the side of the building to then just be let in <laughs> by this nurse, uh, like who was unaware of everything, obviously. Um, but like the nurse just lets this <laughs> like rando person who's outside the window in, um, and then yeah, she Helen clobbers her. And steals her uniform. And there's just like a patient in the background also drugged out of his mind. Oh, yeah. Like watching yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Um, and then she escapes to her home eventually. Any other comments and on it's Delta Burke? <laughs> Rest in peace. Is that the? Is that when it's being? Yeah, it must be because that she goes home and that's when it's being painted, right? By the yeah. by the undergrad salmon color. So I guess we had, which is fine. I just I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I guess just for recreation's sake, where we one could place the the murder of Bernie in the arc of my notes because I don't think we and any of us had any. Oh particular yeah. Oh, that was when she. So I guess we kind of skipped this part, but she she was arrested and then uh, fuckboy came and got her. Oh um, right, I and was like how does I guess it's just bail, but it's like how are they letting her go? I right. <laughs> um. So yeah, she's home alone for like. Well, he says he's gonna be gone for twenty minutes, but obviously not because he's cheating. Um. And. Yeah, she's in the kitchen at some point, and um, Candyman had appeared. Oh, we were talking about this because that was when he bursted through the. Okay, that's all. Cabinet. That's all the same scene. Yeah. Okay, that was. An, I mentioned this earlier, but that's one of the main and in, major instances in which the the blood is just so wet <laughs> when. Oh yeah. When, when you, you see, see Bernie. Bernie, yeah. Um. Yeah, that was kind of. An upsetting kill, too. I'm sad about that one. Oh, yeah. Um. And now that she's back there again and it's being re... Oh, no, 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 because I'm sorry. It's just there's enough back and forth where it's like she's yeah. at the apartment, they're not, and then she's back at the apartment, then... Oh, yeah, because that's how she ends up in the hospitals because they they think that she killed Bernie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to lead into describing the undergrad preparing dinner but that's the very end yeah 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 so i'll save that <laughs> um i yeah. asked how did they do the b stuff since done a little bit of research as it's been established they had the same b guy as <laughs> my girl and they had, they used a number, so they, they used, a, a lot of the bees were 
young bees who either it was like a combination it's all running together to me a little bit but the the most of the bees were a combination of bees that didn't have venomous didn't have venom in their stingers or didn't have stingers because they were so young so there wasn't they still got stung as tony tony todd accounts that he got stung 23 times Yeesh. and by then had negotiated a one thousand dollar bonus per bee sting <laughs> but i can dig it but yeah apparently the uh they weren't going to be venomous i mean it's still, still gonna hurt and be a huge pain in the ass to get stung oh yeah i'm guessing they put mostly the the infant bees in his mouth so he was wearing how they did the mouth scene which is so cool he was wearing a dental dam <laughs> so the bees wouldn't go go down his throat. But I don't know if, because I guess that's part of, because obviously that's just the, the nature of filming, but do any, I'm thinking if any, if you literally see on film any go in, in her mouth or throat, I just, I, I can't remember, but. I don't remember either. But yeah, what a. What a cool effing idea and uh, scene with the bees. <laughs> My next and final note is just what the hell is going on? It's <laughs> your final note? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've got more, and there, I mean, there's stuff in between. We haven't talked about the 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 bonfire and. A whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, there's a whole, even I think prior to the B, this might be the B scene. This was maybe the most confusing part for me. The, I think it's the B scene when they're in his lair and they sort of pan out on the mural and seem to be implying that she's either the descendant or reincarnation of the woman he had an affair with. Yeah, I was real confused about that. That was, yeah. I feel like I can get my thumb on most of the things in this movie after doing a little bit of homework, but that's the one thing where I was like, wait, what about the... What's with that whole scene of him saying, like, it was you all along or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Well, and the, like... You see, I think it's when he says that, you see the, like, painting or whatever is, like, telling his story on the walls in his lair of just, like, a white woman's face. Yeah. So it's like, okay, is that supposed to be Helen? And then, like, um, I don't know. I don't really want to go. That's my final note, too, and I have other things. <laughs> but, <laughs> eh, whatever, we can come back to it. So... I mean, I mentioned how, like, when he arrives, he's, like, this, he has this, like, godlike presence about him. And I'm, like, you see that final mural on the, at the end with, like, Helen ascending or something. Yeah. And I'm, like, so we go from Candyman, and he has this whole, this mythical presence for everybody around him or everybody in Caprini Green to Helen? <laughs> I'm like, does she get a cool name? Like, something related to Candyman or is she just Helen? <laughs> like, <laughs> the mythical Helen. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so I was very confused about, like, why Helen? Well, and this is, you know, this is just on Wikipedia, so I feel like a garbage person. Mm-hmm. But the Wikipedia page talks about it just being, and and this is what the director said, too. The, you know, the director is on the record saying, like, well, I never really set out to make, like, uh, real biting social commentary racial commentary like this is just a story about the power of of myth so i guess the gist is she took his place because she endures more in the imagination of the residents especially after saving anthony well yeah and that kind of leads to the funeral scene (laughs) <laughs> we see that creepy long-haired professor again. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, more importantly, like, the residents show up, and the little kid has the hook. Yeah, And yeah, throws yeah, yeah, it in the right. casket. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, a, you're going to need this bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, well, right, because... Because yeah. he sees Candyman burning in the end. Yeah. So he has the realization, like, oh, shit seems to be Candyman over there and then they find the hook so I don't know if that's supposed to be the residents now recognizing that Helen has taken the mantle over but they seem to it's just very odd they they seem to be pissed but they they seem to serve completely different functions so Candyman existed in the imagination of the residents as an object of fear. Yeah. So is now is Helen now the opposite of that? And because just like, right, it seems like she she she's is like the savior of the complex. De- right. So why it. does she get a murder weapon in yeah. her casket? I don't know. Maybe the new Candyman will reveal all to us. Well, I was remembering too that there are a bunch of maybe not a bunch. There's one or two or three direct-to-video sequels. Oh. I don't know how serialized they are if they are if they continue. I don't think neither Tony Todd nor Virginia Madsen appear in any of them, but I always forget. Yeah, there is some... There's technically other Candyman movies out there. <laughs> Not huh. sure if we'll ever watch them, but maybe those fill in some gaps weird um um i mean the only other i guess there's i have other notes but nothing that i really want to talk about other than the my favorite kid at the end when he's just glaring at the fire <laughs> it's like my, one of my favorite scenes is just like the camera on his face and he's given the the fire the side eye um I did appreciate Trevor's death, though. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So now we get to the... So I guess it's almost like an epilogue, you would call it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm sure it's a little of both, but I couldn't get my finger on... Is it just really bad acting? Is it... Intention- I guess it's all sort of different ways of describing the same thing, but just how the actress was cooking preparing dinner 
Oh, what like, was up with that? Because <laughs> she, I don't even know. I mean, it was meat of some sort, but she like takes this slab of meat out of the fridge. And I mean, she's upset that Trevor isn't paying attention to her. Yeah. And she's so just she's like, supposed to be like huffy about it. Yeah. But she just like whacks it in but and is slicing it into strips and just like throwing it <laughs> what looks to be in the sink, but you can't really see where she's throwing it. So. Yeah. And all the while wearing a, a white t shirt, no bra. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, nineties. <laughs> Who would have guessed that between the two of us you'd be the one to remember that? I made a note about it. <laughs> I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like this girl already gets a bad rap because she's like the mistress. She's banging her professor and now we have to like, sexualize her even more with a stupid shirt. Look, she loves pink. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> it's the worst offense of all. That's such an ugly color. I mean, pink, I'm wearing pink right now. I don't think it's an ugly color, but to paint an entire condo in that, like, Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No bueno. That's the exact color of it. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and then she appears, <laughs> murders Trev, and then you see the yeah the the new mural. Yeah, yeah, because she it's she's in all white. It's very angelic. Yeah, and I was very confused. Yeah, it's kind of a, or it is a bummer that you have both the uh, I mean both I guess superficially literally figuratively have the erasure of the presence of a black man right. i don't know if that's like literally over the Candyman mural but that has at least metaphorically been erased and now it's this like you said yeah like angelic savior uh mural but again, but that too is sort of, but she's a murderer. She murders yeah. Trevor and she'll murder you if you say Helen in the mirror five. I don't, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I guess maybe she doesn't have the, the need to maintain her murderous identity. But like Trevor had to die, let's be honest. Um, So I don't know if she... Like, if she's supposed to now be summoned and be kind of, like, an angel of retribution or something? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's all very confusing. Yeah. Any other notes or anything? No, my final one, like I said, was, <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> Smoothed some of it out. Yeah, by the time I get to my notes, I always forget that my notes are on my, like my, my, uh, like my pictures of the notes that I upload to my typed notes are all on the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Great idea, Taryn. Oh, man. I gotta. <laughs> 
All I've eaten today is donuts, and I feel like I'm going to collapse. <laughs> donuts and matcha. <laughs> I'm here, though. I'm doing great. I'm in the same boat as you. No place I'd rather be. I had a croissant for breakfast, so I'm like all pastry out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Let's hand out some major awards. What the hell? You can go first. I got a photo finish. It's uh it's the age old battle between Chris's outfit, his like greaser outfit in the prologue. Oh, okay. And uh human poop. <laughs> I think. Yeah, if you go back, if we're in the booth and we're taking a second look at it, I think it'll indicate that clearly human poop is the winner. I mean, mine what is the hell? <laughs> within the same scene, but mine's not as funny. Mine's the like kid being mutilated. Oh, sure. so I'm like, what the fuck Make is this? Make me look like an asshole. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you took the lighthearted end of it. I took <laughs> yeah. the serious end. It's okay. Besker, the second dog for me. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't... This movie didn't scare me so much. I mean, there weren't very many. I mean, there were plenty of what were supposed to be jump scares, but um, I mean, I would have to if I had to choose something, I would go with the the decapitated dog too, because I just like that just enrages me. Oh no, I <laughs> so, meant the the second oh, time the second they used dog. the dog jumping up and barking oh. to to scare you. Yeah. I mean, like, so the decapitated dog wasn't meant to scare you, but, right. like, that's the thing that emotionally hit me most. Taryn tick. If only you could see the <laughs> the pose he made just now. <laughs> Yeesh. Best dress to kill. Uh, for I know me, I said it like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's obviously Candyman. I mean, oh, that yeah, jacket. Yeah, yeah is iconic again make me look like a fucking asshole <laughs> mine is helen's apartment <laughs> two for two then well two for three um things are heating up in hell's kitchen what food are you pairing with this movie i don't i want you to answer this first because i don't really have an answer right now I mean, I think the, there's an obvious choice, but it's also a dumb choice. So. Candy? Yeah. <laughs> no, so I went the route oh, I of... One, I got <laughs> Sorry. I went the route of... Since probably the point of greatest satisfaction I got from this movie is all of the warm and fuzzies, 90s early 90s nostalgia aesthetic from... Um, just like the overall like filtering of the photography to the apartment in particular, a lot of the fashion. So I am pairing this with a growl and grilled cheese fun feast from the early 90s. Were you a fun feast kid or a I, kid cuisine kid? Oh. Or none of the above? I... I remember eating kid cuisine every once in a while. I don't know what fun feast is. It was kid. It was just it was Swanson's oh, kid okay. centric TV dinner. 
and it had Fred Flintstone on the cover. I don't remember this at all. The entree was two mini grilled cheeses, and it uh, <laughs> it really traumatized me in terms of internalizing a lot of guilt and re- regret <laughs> about being We're deep now <laughs> a sl- I guess a slow eater but I really wasn't eating slowly so anyways I remember picking one of these up from the grocery store with my mother and really coveting it I was obsessed <laughs> with grilled cheese I we would go to things. we would go to Denny's semi regularly <laughs> and just a Denny's grilled cheese was like the greatest thing ever. But sometimes they would serve. I hated. I love pickles now, but I hated pickles then. And sometimes I would like maybe like my parents would forget or I would forget to tell them to not like so help me if they bring a pickle with it. And sometimes I would forget. And I would never eat the pickle if it came with it, but sometimes like the like the pickle juice would kind of flow from oh. the pickle into the underside of the yeah. grilled cheese. Make it soggy and, and you'd have this, yeah, which right now sounds delicious, like an <laughs> extra briny, salty, kind of pickly grilled cheese. Sounds because really you've only good. eaten donuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I can barely keep my eyes open right now, <laughs> but. Anyways, love grilled cheese. You get these two mini grilled cheeses in the Growling Grilled Cheese Fun Feast. And I just worshipped that TV dinner box along with the idea of sort of like kind of tantrically building up to that being the night. I guess my parents were still in charge of, they were calling, like they were preparing my dinners for me. It wasn't like, I'll have that one on Tuesday, I think. (laughs) You weren't meal prepping. But anyways... (laughs) We get to the we get to the night. I'm finally having the growling grilled cheese, and I was just I was I was afraid to eat it because then it would be gone, mm-hmm. and that the idea of that was devastating. So I was eating around it a lot. I might have even gone dessert first, Whew. which should not be allowed. Blasphemous. So I finally get to the growling grilled cheese, and I had I had delayed so long. That they weren't really, like, they were cold, right? Yeah. And coagulated. And, yeah. And very unappetizing. And I guess the solution was to just tell me, buddy, we can get you another fun feast the next time we're at the grocery store. But I just thought, like, that was my one shot at a growling grilled cheese, and I'll never have it again. <laughs> and it was totally ruined. And I remember my brother at the time saying, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you eating so slowly and like around your grilled cheese? This is not just like, leave me alone. I'm galgit to it. But I just, I internalized so much (laughs) awfulness with that episode. Still brings me a lot of nostalgia. That's why it is my Hell's Kitchen for Candyman 1992. That was quite the ride (laughs) um so i'm gonna go the route of like what was nostalgic for me or what is nostalgic for me from the 90s um and i won't take you all on quite the trip that andy took you (laughs) on but i um i would frequently be babysat by my great aunt and she, like my own family, had one of those deep freezes minus a hamster. 
<laughs> I knew you would bring it up. Uh, but like the greatest thing about staying at her place was that um and like thinking about this now as an adult i'm like what um but she would get schwann's deliveries oh yeah and um part of that would be she would get push pops or push-ups oh with the flintstones with on the them. flintstones yeah, on yeah, them yeah, yeah. yeah and that was like that was all i ever wanted <laughs> when oh, yeah. i was in her home uh, orange orange sherbet. orange ones specifically yeah. yeah so that's like the most nostalgic thing from the 90s that i could think of um and also flintstone connection with your weird fun feast you could like grilled cheese <laughs> make it a hook like, <laughs> or like <laughs> pretend it was yeah like you were you had a push-up for a hand mm-hmm, all right maybe Buzzsaw feed me more. Oh, I fucked it up. Buzzsaw feed me see more quiz. <laughs> Talk about robotic. I have a good one for this one, I think. I think you'll be pleased. I, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, that, was, that was weird. I'm comfortable enough with mine. I was in a dark place. No, I was. I, I, I felt like it was taking me longer than it should have been. And sometimes my shorthand is just, who is the character in the movie most like Raphael from the Ninja Turtles? Tommy Lee Jones isn't in this movie. <laughs> so Wait, that's Leonardo. I lied. Because, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because I would say Anne Marie is most like Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Taryn, you are Anne Marie. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, minus the Rottweiler, <laughs> but, um. Oh, I would say she was as mad as you. About the dog, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, I don't, um, walk up to strangers in my building. I also don't have a Rottweiler to keep me safe, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I think you'll be pleased with what I choose for you. Um, I feel like you are most like Bernie. Oh wow! I'm. <laughs> that's what I always want. No. That's what you always no. want. Well, she's like I the very cautious, like rule following. Not that I'm not a rule follower, but um, practical. I get it, Taryn. You wish I were dead. No. And very wet blood. <laughs> I said, "Well, cover me in very wet blood." Uh, she's got great outfits. She really I'm does. Very jealous. Yeah. That's who you should have picked for best friends. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got, I have both Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan masks. For when I need to dress conservatively. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Should we hand out some chainsaws? Let's do it. i was like i don't know who's going first here uh so this one kept me on my toes not in like the scary factor but in the plot factor um and left me confused in a good way not like confused in a well there's a lot of plot holes here and you know but um left me wondering about some things 
Uh, the fact that it didn't really freak me out so much, though, when it was intended to do that, <laughs> um, knocked off some points. But also, the the urban legends aspect of it made it a little bit more fun for me, too. I'm going to give it seven. Seven chainsaws. Seven chainsaws. So I don't, maybe it didn't really shine through throughout all of this. I really, 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 uh, enjoyed this movie a lot more yeah, than I, one. uh, than I thought I necessarily would have. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I, I had no reason going into it to think that it would have been like particularly bad and unenjoyable, mm. but like maybe I can overstate how much I, I really liked it. I think it just, I think you're absolutely right with it's really not the scariest horror movie ever certainly scarier than the last few that we've watched i just think it has a really has a really uh assured consistent uh handle over the atmosphere that it's trying to put forth i think the acting of both tony todd and virginia madsen is excellent could not be better i wish there was yeah, more tony no, todd in it i agree he's uh, great yeah there I, I wish there were more tony todd in. i wish there were more i was expecting more scenes around my biggest point of entry to it was the the, the saying the name and having him appear mythos yeah of it. yeah um but but yeah between the atmosphere and the acting and those credits and just some of like the real like risky things that you wouldn't necessarily expect in an early '90s um, prestige horror movie or any type of horror movie between the skyline and stuff with the bees. That's just like some of the coolest mm-hmm. filmmaking I've I've seen in a while with the bee work that they had, the ambient the bee work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's Sorry. great bee work. Uh, just the, the the way they use his voiceover in in those in those scenes in the beginning and in the in the parking garage uh yeah no they do yeah. a, a really great job they including tony todd um like creating him as a character because you think about like i'm just thinking of the the other movies that we've watched for this and other such things but like uh jason Voorhees and michael myers they they're obviously a character but the their whole identity is i don't know if i'm going to describe this right but like the actors and the 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 presence of the characters isn't developed as much as Candyman's is I don't. I'm not making any sense. No, I think I know what you're um, saying. Like out, like unlike a. So juxtaposed with like a Freddy, like a Robert England and Freddy Krueger. Like you, it, it, it's hard to imagine a Freddy Krueger that's not played by Robert England. But like you could put anybody in like a Jason Voorhees. Like yeah. it's not a yeah. It's. It, I don't want to say that their, their character development is solely based on. The legend of them, because like that, that's how it is with. Candyman, but having the gravitas of Tony Todd like the, is instrumental too. Yeah, he yeah. makes that character as opposed to like the mask making. Yeah, Mike Myers's character. Yeah, and, and or like Jason. the flashbacks, like understanding the 
the history of that character. Like, you need that with Candyman, too. But. I haven't seen Candyman, too. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I haven't even said my chainsaws yet. You haven't? Uh, I'm giving it nine chainsaws. Oh, wow. Really, That's the really most chainsaws. I think, so yeah, that is the. That is the most chainsaws we've ever decorated. I need a movie to really film with. In the long list of four movies that we've done. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that probably says more. I'm thinking about the movie that I gave the most chainsaws to, which is the original Critters. <laughs> and yours is this. I still can't believe you. I mean, I, I guess I, I get it. But I how you it. don't like Critters 2 more than Critters the motion picture. I mean, is. Critters 2 is funnier, but okay, we don't need to talk about Critters again. But we'll get there later. I had an epiphany while organizing my notes this morning. Was it about Candyman or Critters 2? It was about the project writ large, Taryn. Ooh. This whole time, I could have been saying, and I think... Oh ensuingly will start saying it's gonna be a so th- so we close out best thing i ever saw saying play it again sam i have been closing this out these last three episodes saying play it again taryn hilarious obviously but i should have been saying slay it again taryn <laughs> because we're the we're the we're not just the it's not just it's not just a sister series Visa V, <laughs> the best thing I ever saw, but it's a it's a horror series, so why not say Slay It Again, Taryn? I approve. Okay, Slay It Again, Taryn. 